Today on Red Bull Weekly, we check in with an all-time fan favorite on a special alumni edition. Lloyd Sam, fresh off a great career on the field, has started a new career off the field as a coach and a broadcaster. We catch up with number 10 with Connor Lane. This is Matt Harmon for the New York Red Bull Radio Network. Thanks, as always, for joining us. It's the latest edition of Red Bull Weekly. Well, there is interviews and then there are interviews and there are people that you look forward to talking to and then there are people that you really look forward to talking to. And our guest today on Red Bull Weekly, Connor Laid and I, were scratching out the intro. We're going to hop right into it uh, with one of certainly the fan favorites of the New York Red Bull organization, former teammate of Connor's and a guy I absolutely loved calling games when he was involved with on the radio side of things in his time with the New York Red Bulls. He is number 10, Lloyd Sam, who's going to give us some time here on our Red Bull Weekly Podcast. Again, with Connor Laid, I'm Matt Harmon. We're brought to you by the New Jersey Institute of Technology. The smile is still there. Lloyd, has it ever left? I mean, talking talking to you, you're bright and bubbly, and it looks like um, oh, yeah. you know, life is good for you in South Florida. Life... <laughs> <laughs> Life is good in South Florida, man. I'm smiling. It's easy to be happy in Miami, as you can imagine. It's meant to be like a holiday destination, but I've decided to stay on and live here. So things have been amazing, man. I can't even complain. But I did want to say, Connor Lage, I've got to say before we start, you're one of my favorite teammates ever. You know what I'm saying? You, you're one of the best. I need everybody to know that. Your yeah. energy is every day that you bring in, and you love fantasy football. So, you know what I'm saying? You're one of my favorites. We're going to – the the feeling is mutual, my guy. And, uh, you know, we always love catching up with you, so we appreciate you coming on. And that's something we're definitely going to get into, Matt. I don't know if you're into fantasy football, but that's going to be a big topic conversation today because I need I need some insight on where Lloyd's going in our draft that's coming. <laughs> so we're going to figure that out. You know uh, what, Lloyd? I mean, when, when you think of it, like for us on these podcasts, we like to kind of – Go off topic a little bit. Spend some time on yeah. who, who people are. I do have to ask, since you said Connor's one of your favorite teammates of all time, was that yeah. because you used to just toast him at practice? He was that easy oh. for you to get around? Nah, Connor's a tough guy to get past, man. That guy would react so quick. He was like that. Sometimes I might have like half a yard and then he'll be back. He might fall on the ground, get up, and he's back up again. That was delayed, so not like that. All I, I was... I was strictly speaking, mainly off the field, but on the field as well. You know he's going to turn up every day. That's it. Doesn't matter how I got on the ground, and if we, I got a classic Lloyd Sam chop, who chopped me Lloyd on the Sam ground. I don't know, but we're going to get into that as well because I know you're coaching now, and I need to know how the Lloyd Sam chop has translated into coaching. So okay. we'll get into that as well. But yeah, we'll no, I, we're we're excited to have you on today, and I. I I mean, I guess, Matt, we can kick it off there. I mean, I kind of want to figure out what Lloyd has got going on right now. I know you're a jack of all trades. So give us a, give us a little. All right, all right. So I'll tell you what I've got going what you on right now. Like for this year, 2021, it's just like it's my retirement year. So just enjoy as much as I want. No pressure on me. I can wake up when I want this year. You know what I'm saying? It's like one of those years. It's like 
I played 19 years. There was a lot of sacrifices, even though it was fun. I'm not saying that wasn't fun, but now I'm just really like just letting my hair down and just chilling. So literally, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so <laughs> my hair hasn't been cut in like 10 months. It's just, I'm just leaving it. I'm just like, whatever. And uh, I'm doing some commentary. So that's been that's been a lot of fun. I've done a few Red Bull 2 games. I know you do the home game, but I've done a few Red Bull 2 games and I, I love the commentary. I think it's like uh, perfect for me, the kind of person I am and, and my expertise. You know what? You know you know what's pretty funny, Lloyd. I mean, getting to know you a little bit towards the end part of your career with Red Bull. Um, yeah. You know, you you strike me as the guy that has personality that people would absolutely kill for. And I'll say it right from the get go. I haven't <laughs> seen and talked to you. I, I'm sure you've interacted with Connor um, m- much more, but I haven't seen or talked to you since you know you, you were traded to DC. And yeah. all of a sudden you hop on and you're like, ah, I was thinking about doing this podcast inside, but I'm going to go outside and let you guys see what South Florida looks like. I mean, no hesitation. Let's try and make everybody as jealous as they can. He's got the nice red <laughs> in the high rise with the jealous. water right behind him. I mean, again, like I said, life is good in South Florida for Lloyd Sam. Yeah, but I mean, those that follow me on Instagram, you know, I'll be forcing it down their throat so they know what it is already. <laughs> they, they see a lot of yachts every day. But also, I don't take it for granted. This is amazing. Like, every day, I'm like, that's why I'm smiling so much. I don't know where I live next to this. I'm worried about that. Something I think about. I'm like, how do I go from this to anything? So, but I appreciate what you're saying about personality and all that. I like to have fun with everything I do. It was like that on the field. And I'm taking I'm taking everything I learned in my first career into my next one. You know, like, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, you know, you know what's interesting, like, would you have thought growing up in England, you, you know, from Leeds, now all yeah. of a sudden you're sitting my, in Miami in South Florida, would you ever have thought this is where you were going to be? It's crazy how it ended up like that. I would have never thought, you know, South London kid, born in Leeds, but I moved after two months, so I'm really repping London more. Um, it's crazy. To think that Bradley Wright Phillips came over as well. It's just unbelievable to me, you know, like I, I posted a picture of when we like playing for England under 19s way back. And it's like for what it's turned into, it's not just Miami. It's been the whole adventure, you know, New York, five years, special city, as you guys know, to play for the Red Bulls as well with some of the players we played with, Connor. Like, Thierry Henry, let's just start with him. <laughs> Who would think we would ever play with him? It's just like, you wouldn't even think that that could ever happen. And then just being in around the New York uh, area, going to DC, then Miami, it's like what I've seen uh, just life-wise as well, it's been, it's been amazing. When my family come over, that's one of the best things, you know, like Miami, it's a so-called party place, but it's my, it's my mom's favorite vacation to come to Miami. It's just like, it's such a great atmosphere in the air easy to be happy she loved new right. york as well yeah she loved I mean, being in the players lounge yes yeah. <laughs> she was always in there with the others and the family walking and all that so it's it's special for the family like when you're in the game they're with you with it yeah well i think you did all right on the two cities you settled on new york and miami i mean who wouldn't want to come visit you but like i mean come visit you, right. you talk about what you post on your instagram i want to know art 
you know, we talked about this briefly before. Are you the king of Miami or are you, I know you got another <laughs> from the teammates down there, but. Um, nah, so at Miami FC, there was a, a guy in particular used to call me Mr. Miami. I used to say it when you used to say it, but now I've retired. It's like I can embrace it a little bit more, you know, like it, it's a funny thing in football. It's like, you're not allowed to enjoy it too much, you know? So it's like, but I still enjoy it on the ground. But I, I knew, I knew, I knew I had to perform every week. <laughs> I knew I had to turn up, perform every week, and like, and, and be fully committed. You know, so like now that I've retired, uh, I'm a lot more open with posting and all that. And I'm newly single as well, so it's not like oh. I can do. There we I'm go. Really, you, you, you might have someone for me. No, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just enjoying my freedom. Um, it's as I said, man. It's it's been amazing, man. So, Mister Miami, you can call me, Mister Miami. Between us. That that from for the rest of the podcast, probably forever, I'll call you Mister nah, Miami. Nah. <laughs> but, this is a name. This is a name I normally like. Used to get mad when they used to call me that, but you know, I'll let you call me. I'll let you call me that. Now you're embracing it. Now, so take us through what is what's a typical day look like now for Mister Miami? Then, what's a typical day? All right. So I told you that. I'm not doing anything too crazy this year, right? No pressure. So, you know, I'll be waking up 11, 12, 1 sometimes. Cause I, I, I go sleep late, you know, like uh, I stay up, I watch DVDs, I watch movies, but I'll get up, got to work out. So one thing I realized is like, for mental health reasons, I, I got to keep my body the same. I think that's like the main discipline. The only discipline of this year is like, have to maintain so i'll be in the gym and i'm not leaving till i'm dripping with sweat like that that's that's the one rule i've made myself so i'll go to the gym first as soon as i come out of the gym i, I walk around the pool see what's happening see what the weather's like that's like my it's nice get my swim shorts on go to the pool facetime with family my mom my brother nephew niece uh catch up with some people then I'm on with BWP. Uh, this is like a daily thing. Then it's like me and me talk about what time we're getting on to play Warzone. So Warzone, we're, we're very serious about Warzone. So we're heard. trying to do the show. Oh yeah, you know about that. I told you about that. But it was it, it was a bit difficult to get this show going with Warzone and stuff. So what we want to do now, this is good that I, I can advertise it. <laughs> we, <laughs> we, we want to watch our previous games. So like Red Bull games that we've had together. I think the first game we won, we want to watch um, New England. Do you remember the New England game at home where we battered them in the first 15 minutes? We were yep. like three nil up. Yep. It's like one of the best performances ever that I've been involved in. We want to watch that game the first half and just like talk about everything. What we thought we should have done, what we liked about our play. Yep. What we liked about Connor Lade getting down the left of the right, getting balls in. Like, we just want to have some fun with it. So. That's, You're gonna have to figure out games that I actually played in, and then I'll hop on with you. All right. Well, that, uh, you, you was there with me. You was there with me on that right side. So um, I don't know if that game you was, but and we're gonna get good games, hard games as well. Another game we're gonna do is uh, the Columbus game where we got knocked out. Maybe f first or second leg. Remember in the first nine seconds. So yeah. it's not gonna be like great times. It's gonna be up and down. Give some Love coaching that. moments. You know, like. Me and Brad have got 40 years experience in the game. So many leagues, everything. So it's like, and like Brad, 
Brad is a guy that he will say it himself. He was very much like in his shell, personality-wise. But we know him. We know how you, you know what I'm saying? So like, that's going to be something where it's like you get to see him come out of his shell. For me, I was kind of more out of my shell anyway, but him. You don't have a shell. There is no shell. (laughs) I'm I'm an open book. So, but for Brad, he's one that like, you know, when we get together, we have so much fun, man. We have a lot of fun. So um, that's going to be that. So where am I? Okay. So Brad, about three in the afternoon, I normally get on with Brad and then, then I see what's up. I see what my friends are doing. Sometimes uh, on my own, I'll just have a stroll to the mall. There's a really nice mall right near me. If you ever come Miami, check it out. Really nice, actually. Um, then in the evening, food and drinks. If I have commentary, which this week I've got a game Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So this is kind of crazy. One so more sorry. like that. Weeks like that. It's been slow lately. That's why it's like I've had a lot of time. But I've got like two World Cup qualifiers coming as well. Canada versus Honduras uh, Thursday. Come join the fun. And I'm on my own in that. So that's something I mean, that I that's something I want to talk about with you. Cause like you jump into commentary, not only just like, all right, like for me, like I jump in, I'm doing color commentary. I'm supporting yeah. the play-by-play. And Matt obviously doing the play-by-play for a living. He's you know very well versed in it. But for you, you're jumping in and carrying the whole broadcast by yourself. What is that like? I, I, I love the challenge of it. It's not easy. And I, I've only done three games on my own. And they've all been like World Cup qualifiers. I have to remember that I'm not the color guy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I have to remember. I've got to like, uh, got to make it a bit cinematic almost. You know, when they're getting closer to the goal, i got to get a bit more excited. So it's like I, I had a game. Curacao versus Panama. And I wasn't with my performance when I heard it back because I was watching the game too much. Instead of like, you know, doing my job as play-by-play and as like soccer analyst. So that's one of the big things I've learned. Huge games. I've got USA Jamaica coming up on mm. my own. So it's like, that's in October. But I'm looking to it. I can't wait to do it and then watch it back and then critique myself and get better. I've done like uh, 40, 50 games now since April. So it's been good, man. They just gave me a lot. And then this is going to be an interesting week. Lloyd, Lloyd, tell me a little bit from a perspective of, so in the first 15 minutes of our podcast here, we've touched on you being a former player. We've touched on you being a broadcaster now and getting involved with coaching as well. Of the three, of the three, which is the hardest for you? Coaching is the hardest. Coaching is the hardest. So coaching, my thing with coaching is, well, after I retired, I haven't officially retired, but I'm basically retired. Um, I was wondering which way I should go. So I didn't know how the commentary was going to go. So I, I tried coaching, private coaching, but I was so exhausted after coaching. It's like harder than being a player because a lot of my coaching is like mentality-based. And it's like, I coach them about when you're tired, you know, keep your mind in it. It's all about the, the that sort of like your mindset. So I realized that when I'm coaching, my mind has to be up there. So it's like, that's why I'll be so exhausted because I, I hardly make any mistakes as a coach because like I, I follow everything I'm saying, the techniques and everything. 
when the coaches were telling me when we were playing, I weren't listening. Now, <laughs> now I'm literally following all my own advice, and it's like mentality wise. So I'm like up there, I like don't drop a ball, really. I don't know if you saw my uh, video on coaching. I, I saw you. Sorry, crossing, crossing. I saw you whipping in some balls. Talk to me about those balls I whipped in. As a player, I wouldn't have whipped them in that good. But yeah, you, know, you would have like, chopped it 17 times and then ended up whipping in, still finding <laughs> someone. But the cross wouldn't have been as good, though. I was always a good crosser. But that, like, the art of crossing video, like, all my crosses, because I'm following my own technique, and it's, like, it's so important to me to get it right for the kids. But at this point, I only coach kids that uh, I want to coach. So it, it's not really a thing I offer. I, I'm not... I've got like two or three kids that, you know, I, I really, they're really serious about the game. You have to be serious about it as well. I want, you have to want to go far. So it's like, um, I'm only taking kids like that, that, you know, they really want to make it happen. And like, I, I've got some kids and, and the results have been great already. Like the kids call me and they tell me, oh, I'm doing this now. So there's a kid, I'm going to send you your after. <laughs> I'm really proud of this kid though. He came to me and he said, uh, so he's a center back, six foot four from okay. Cincinnati. He came and he said he wants to be better in the attacking box at, at heading. In the defensive box, he heads everything away and he's a beast. So we did a bit of work and I crossed in a few balls and I, I realized what the problem was a bit. And when he gets into the box, he's like a striker. When he's in the defensive box, he thinks like a centre-back. So I think when you come to the attacking box, you're still a centre-back. You know, it's still rough and rugged. Get your elbows up, you know, get aggressive. Don't start thinking you're a striker up there like that's going to flick one into the corner. Go be that same beat. So, so this is why I say, like, mentality and mindset. It changed his whole mindset about when he's in the box now. So now he's sending me videos of him towering above guys, and I'm watching it, and I'm just like, it's like a priceless feeling. So I definitely want to do more coaching, but I'm not. I'm not just coaching. Are you Are you teaching your your players to uh, you know if they're if they're not getting on the ball, the typical Lloyd Sam, hey, get me on the ball. Grab <laughs> When when ball goes out of play, grabbing me by the arm. Hey, get me on the ball. I've been touched it in so many minutes. <laughs> I love that you said that because I do tell younger players that it's on you to not drift out of the game. When you drift out of the game, sometimes I won't touch the ball for 20 minutes. And my right back isn't thinking, hey, Lloyd, you haven't touched the ball for 20 minutes. I have to tell him, see late. I ain't touched it for 20. Get me on that ball. In the end, that's how I say it to you sometimes. Say it the way because match day intensity is just different you know what i'm saying but i i love that i love that i've always loved that about you listen it's it's easy to drift out of game sometimes and people kind of they do it's like oh, i'm gonna take yeah. a break for a little bit i'll drift out but i love you you would always want to be on the ball and you wouldn't yeah. be afraid to let everyone know it either that was the best <laughs> honestly like i encourage more guys to do that because at the end of the day i'm getting taken off 65th 70th minute unless i'm performing in that second half period. You know, Jesse loved to take me off early as well. <laughs> Shout out, Jesse. Jesse's my guy, but so I knew that. It's like, hey, Connor, I'm coming off in a minute if you don't get me the ball. Let me make something happen. 
So that you gotta be vocal, man. They don't talk as much in the game. Um, but I loved I loved what Jesse did with us, though. You know, like uh, before games when he made us a team. That's yep. probably the best thing he ever did because a lot of us were still in our shell, and we had like a lot of like uh, leadership to grow into. Didn't even know about, and that's one of the biggest things. Like uh, I thank Jesse for. You know, getting us talking, getting like me, you, Brad, Grella, whatever, to address the team before games. Because it always meant more, like, if it was one of our teammates, you know, trying to get us up for it. So yep. when, I, when I went to my next team, the enemy, DC United, I took that in there and I was very vocal. It was just all that I learned from Red Bulls. We're going to yeah. take a quick... We're going to take a quick time out. When we come back, okay. we'll dig in a little bit more with Lloyd on... Um, started to touch on it right there. Some of his fondest memories with the New York Red Bulls, a player from 2012 to the middle of 2016 with Connor Laid. I'm Matt Harmon. We're brought to you by New Jersey Institute of Technology back right after this quick break on Red Bulls Weekly. New York Red Bulls Weekly brought to you in part by the New Jersey Institute of Technology. NJIT makes industry-ready engineers in more than 20 fields. If it's engineering, it's at NJIT. Number one in the nation for student upward economic mobility. Learn more at njit.edu. Former player, though not officially retired, now coach, now commentator, Lloyd Sam continues with us here on Red Bulls Weekly with Connor Lane. I'm Matt Harmon. Reminder, New York is off this weekend with the international break and the Labor Day holiday back in action on December 11th. Should be a special night at Red Bull Arena when D.C. United comes to town. Interestingly enough, the two teams in Major League Soccer that Lloyd Sam played for, Red Bulls and D.C. United. Lloyd, you just said when I was traded to the enemy, you know, you're you're one of the few players that's been on both sides of yeah. that rivalry. What was it like to be part of it for New York and then have to go to D.C.? Yeah, I mean, that's one of the hardest things I've ever had to do as, uh, you know, it's not nice in the mid-season like that, that. That was tough. Um, you know, it happens. I'm not the first or the last one that it's going to happen to. So, uh, I mean, after I got to D.C., I remember that. I remember waking up the next morning. This is going to be sad to hear. I remember waking up. You know when you know something bad has happened? But you just wake up and you're like, wait, was that a nightmare? And, and you're not sure. You're not sure like if it's real. And I was like, wait, what happened yesterday? And then I remembered I had been traded. Oh my God. When I remember that in the morning, I thought it was a bad dream. And then I'm just looking at my apartment thinking, I now live in another city. And it's like so much as I have to do now. I have to pack up everything and go. But DC United, I gotta be honest, they uh they made it very easy for me. I had like my family in town in New York when I got traded and my girlfriend at the time. And they gave me a two bed apartment. They made, got flights, trained, everything. They knew it was a big deal. So I got to uh, shout them out a little bit for how they handled it. But playing against Red Bulls, I think we it, it was all draws uh, after I left. Every time I played Red Bulls, I threw. Um, it was crazy coming. It was crazy coming back. There's one game in particular I remember. And this like uh, this is one of the reasons why I went into like the mentality and mindset stuff. I don't know if you remember this game, Connor. It was at RFK. The rain was crazy. And it's like the first 10 minutes we were on fire. DC, we were so up for the game. 
there was no way I weren't letting my teammates get up for this game as well. Like, they yeah. have to get up for it. So it was like, uh, we started the game on fire, the rain came, and we all went inside. When we came out, we kind of lost that fire that we had, and Red Bulls were on top. And uh, you guys were 2-0. And I remember, like, in the second half of the game, I was just like, oh, uh, this comes down like this. So it was about 60th minute. And I went to the coach, Ben Olsen, and I said, Ben, don't take me off. Leave me on. I'm going to make something happen. I remember, like, I was, it was back against the whole time. This is when, <laughs> when it's like I had to get extra out of myself. And I remember in that game, uh, maybe five, ten minutes later, with my new mindset in the game, where I was like, all right, now I've said it's my neck's on the line. I remember I did a little one-two pass, Kamar Lawrence, and he brought me down in the area. And then we got a penalty. We ended up drawing the game 2-2. But that's, like, one of my main memories from that game. I was like, nah, we can't lose this 2-0. Like, and I think all the other games we drew. And then I think one game I was fighting with Felipe the whole game. <laughs> Shocking. We got the league for inciting a riot. I was like, wow. We were, like, literally fighting the whole game. It went yeah. to 1-0, 2-0, and, like, we were, like, taunting each other. It was a crazy game. Yeah. I, I prefer it cleaner than that. But, you know, if we have to get dirty, we got to get dirty. You understand? Like, it is what it is. Lloyd, tell me in your time with New York, you know, you come towards the end part of the season in 2012. You just talked about it with Connor. You, you play with Thierry Henry. Then 2013, you guys win the Supporters' Shield. You do it again yeah. in 2015. I mean, you, I know from just knowing and, and spending time with you when I did dur during those couple of seasons – your time at New York, very memorable and such good teammates all the way around that you played with. Such good teammates, man. That's one of the main things I remember. Uh, obviously, at first, we had like uh, the Thierry era. Um, what a great team. Oh, <laughs> what, what a great team we had. Like, uh, the quality in the team was more noticeable then, like the star power having Thierry Henry, like, he was still as good as he was. Not as quick, but the first few yards, he was probably just as quick. Aggressive, mentally strong. Oh, my gosh. That guy was just, uh, to play with him, I, I learned a lot from, I learned a lot from PT. But the second team, the 2015 team, that was more like camaraderie with the boys. Like, we all got along so well. We all played for each other. It wasn't really like a DP culture, you know, if you weren't in the team, we would support each other. We would go out together. So that was probably my fondest memories of playing, like being in that team, having success as well. Winning the first support shield, amazing though, because what it meant to the fans was like probably one of the biggest things. Like a guy told me he cried when I scored against the Chicago Fire to make it 3-1. Still remember that guy. Shout out that guy. Don't remember his name though. He's the same guy that was in the town hall meeting. That said, that said don't even say his name. You remember that? Well, Lloyd, you're you're going down. You're you're going on a on a high road, and you're going down a dark path right now. All in the same sentence. You're talking about uh, scoring the winning goal in the supporter shield. I think people forget that, right? Because that game against Chicago 
wound up being 5-2, but you scored the third goal. So you ultimately had the winner. And then you had to bring you had to go and bring up that town hall, didn't you? You just had to do it. Hey, these are old memories, moments that make us better, man, Arthur. You know what I'm saying? So it all goes hand in hand. It's that same guy. That's all I'm saying. But that meant a lot. The 2015, like, doing it with you guys, Connor and, and everyone else, Grella, Christian, Dax. What a player Dax was, man. He was I'm always there. rated as a player, but I rated him even higher. Like, just his soccer IQ in the middle of the field was ridiculous it, it was a it was a crazy team that we had like yeah like a ton of quality on the field but i think that was far and away the best locker room ever been a part of like yeah. you were excited every day like good or bad coming in from yeah. a loss you're so excited to get in there and just be around the guys every single day it was really yeah. it, unless you were inside those walls it's hard to kind of put into words but what a special group that was we trained hard as well it's like you know we didn't take no days off I remember one memory I like, though, Ronald Zuba. Do you remember some kid came in? He was like a new kid. And he was uh, in the canteen area. And, like, he wasn't really greeting anyone. He had his headphones on. He wasn't yep. even signed on the team. I remember, And yeah. it's like we had such a culture that, like, everybody came in one by one. Like, I came in. I'm like, who's this kid? The next guy came in. They're like, who's this kid? Like, he was annoying all of us. Then Ronald Zuba came in and just went and took off his headphones. And was just like telling him, bro, it's not how we do things here. You come yeah. in, you greet everyone, you look them in the face. You know what I'm saying? That was yeah. like a great moment to show like the culture we had in that team. Where it was yeah. like the players, we, we ran everything. And that's how Jesse wanted it. He wanted the players right. to run and like... Uh, I always laugh about that moment, though. That was, like, the best because it's like I've gone into other locker rooms and I'm like, oh, it's not really the same. I tried my best to, like, get it like that sometimes, but yeah, it was a, it was a great atmosphere. No, it was very special, for sure. All right. Enough about your time in New York and all your memories. I need to get <laughs> into it now, all right? Okay. I can't even imagine what's coming next. I feel like I've, I've, I've said everything already. Oh, not really because – I've got the number nine pick in the fantasy football draft. Are you number nine? I'm number nine. So, Matt, this year, so our this is our Red Bull Alumni League. So yeah. we've got Dax, Grella, Saj. Wait, is Lloyd uh, in it? Lloyd's in it. Sal, Sal Zizo. I, I, I've been in the final the last two years. I'm not just in it. You know what I'm saying? I, I, you're, <laughs> you're, re you're really in it. You're definitely I'm in it. I, I, so, I won it two years ago, and then I came second last year. Lloyd won a couple as well, I think. I, I won a little while ago. It's been uh, you always, you always usually in the playoffs. So I'm a contender for sure. But yeah, yeah, yeah. you up there. Lloyd is a fantasy football fanatic. This guy is this guy grinds, and I need to know draft strategy. We're me and Lloyd are right behind each other in the draft this year. So the way we did the draft this year, we picked the order, yeah. and so whichever number you got picked out, you got to pick your draft position. And it took about four days for everyone to. You figure out it was fun. You know, it was fun how we did you it. Your, you get your pick, you start mock drafting a little bit, you figure out where it is. Lloyd, draft strategy. I need your top like five or six picks right now. Who you're looking for? So I you know I, I can't write, give you that if you're not my name. I don't have a pen. I'm not gonna write it down. Like just there's a pen in your hand. There's a pen <laughs> in your hand right now. So, so you're number nine. Yeah. We're gonna be battling the whole draft. 
I, I don't like it when I'm next to someone that knows what they're doing as well. I need to be next to someone that's like a little bit, like I need to be next to Aaron Long. That's who I need to be next to. But I, I did, you know, when I was choosing, I was like, oh, who's next to me? But I only had 10 or 11 to choose. So yeah. I'm number 10, you're nine. If you go receiver, I'll go running back and vice versa. The world will you never know. We'll they, might say this is, they might say this is collusion. <laughs> <laughs> Lloyd, Lloyd, tell me, Lloyd, tell me how a kid from England falls in love with the American side of football and now the fantasy side of it. All right, so Connor knows this about me. I'm already like a gamer with everything. Any game going, I'm involved. Even like American games. When I got to DC United, I was playing Settlers of Catan, and yeah, I was, I was just playing everything. So. When I first got there, they said they needed an extra guy. And I said, I don't know nothing about it. So I didn't want to be involved. Uh, and then it turned out they had no one else. And I was just like, all right, cool. I'll jump in. I didn't know anyone. I still remember that year. I got Julio Jones in the first round. Got like Wes Welker. I had a good team. Maybe you did Julius much Thomas. Uh, you did much better than me my first year because I didn't know anything about fantasy football either. I think I drafted someone who wasn't on a team. Someone Michael who was like, just a, yeah, Michael Turner. I, I Percy <laughs> Harvin after he got his hip done. Like, you did well for yeah. yourself. I did well. I came second my first year in it, but it was so fluky. And then after that, I got ahead of myself. But it started with me not knowing. And then I was like, okay, let me find out a little bit more about this. Sundays became my favorite day ever. Do you remember when we used to get on FaceTime for Red Zone sometimes and we just used to see the touchdowns going in? Me and Lloyd used to sit on red zone just like on facetime <laughs> for hours and just watch just, every single touchdown every single okay. touchdown so it's like uh it's just like it snowboard and it's like the longer the season went on i was like i'm really into this and it's like it's such a much better thing than to gamble right it, it's, it's almost kind of a similar theme where you're projecting what's going to happen but you're not putting money down and, you know, maybe earlier on in my career, I used to gamble a little bit. You know, I don't do that anymore. But fantasy comes in and it fills that void. I love it. I love the feeling of doing research, listening to podcasts, searching for, like, you know, the sleepers. Searching for the sleepers, finding someone. And then, you know, he goes and wins you the league or the week. It's a nice feeling. I mean, that applies to a lot of things in life, right? You put in the work and then when it comes down to it, you know, you reap the reward so uh that's that's how it came they kind of forced me in i think it was luis robles he was kind of strong arming me at the time and then i came in and then after coming second i had some disastrous years where it's like i thought i was good but i knew nothing so then i had to get back in the lab and i think you guys thought i was never gonna win one <laughs> i feel yeah. like you guys you guys knew it meant a lot to me yes so so to win against dax Especially to win against Dax as well, because me and Dax are rivals in fantasy. Always chirping. You guys are always chirping about everything. If I make a pick, he's always on me. If <laughs> he makes a pick, I'm on to him. So to beat him in the final, uh, and then I beat him last year in the semifinal. He probably hates me right now at fantasy. So I don't want to. I don't want to no, see him in the playoffs this year. Yeah. I don't, no, you guys. You guys got a big grudge match going for sure. Yeah, for sure. So. uh that's that's how I fell in love with it. I'm also in fantasy Premier League as well. I'm kind of yeah. like the same same with that as well. So um, when when we had the lockdown, I realized how much fantasy football meant to me. Like both fantasy games, 
Yeah. Because I would listen. Obviously, we we had no sports, but I miss it so much. Like it's like whenever I get bored, I just pull out my laptop and I just do some research. But um, I I love it, man. I actually want to get more into like the uh, fantasy analyst stuff and just messing around on Twitter a little bit here and there. So we'll see how that goes. All right. We'll see the next. There, there you go. I mean, unofficially not retired, but future fantasy I'm basically, I'm, 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 basically, I'm basically retired. I'm basically retired. You know, sometimes it's like I don't want the whole like fanfare of an announcement. It's like even after I got traded to DC United, it was hard. Like I wanted to address the fans and send the message, but it, it was a very painful time. So it's like yeah. I just stayed under the radar. I went there, got my head down, and it's like. It's nice, like I'm more involved with some of the young players at the organization as well. You know, Omar Sol, Lacava, Edelman. I love some of the prospects that the club has. Daniel Edelman, really like him. I like I like his maturity, the way he plays the game. Yeah. Tough in the tackle. He's a guy I would have liked to play with. A little bit of Dax in there as well. Yeah, like for a, little sure. bit of Dax, a little bit of Dax in him. Jake Lacava, he's someone that I would love to work with. You know, mm-hmm. he, he's a guy that I send him messages and, I, and, and like if he has a good game or something. Because it started with me commentating a game and I was maybe a little bit like a critical of, of, of LaCarver in that game. But he had an injury he was carrying. So it's like, I wish I knew that information because I've seen some of the things he does. Like he's got great composure when he gets in behind. So it's like uh, that game, he his mind was elsewhere. And so since then, it's like, Whenever I see him bowling now, I send him a little message. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, yeah, one day I want to do some work with him, man, some wing play work and mindset stuff. So we'll see how that we're, goes. We're going to have to arrange that. And we're going to have to get in the booth together one day. I think maybe Can do we, some rep- I mean, I, like, I, I wanted to say we need to get in the booth. They might have to put two soccer analysts in there. No, we're <laughs> going to have to have I can't, we'll get <laughs> We'll, we'll get co- co-color commentators in there. Can we get a three-way? Listen, some of the best, some of the best crews in Monday Night Football used to be three people. So, Connor, I again, alumni relations. You're supposed to put this stuff together. I mean, we've just been waiting. I've been waiting to, for the official announcement here on the podcast, but we'll work it out. I want no. I would love to do that. Let's make it happen. I'd love to come and do a game over there. I want an excuse to come over that way as well. I've got a lot of friends over there that I need to see. I can tell you, I can tell you right now, to tell the both of you, I'm covering the Red Bull 2 game on September 15th. That's a Wednesday okay. night. Wednesday so, night. Honor, that's it. There's your there's your opening right there, bud. Can, can we make who are they playing? Do we know who they're playing? Uh, I'd have to check. I don't Maybe have it, it up. My, they just played Miami FC. That would have been interesting, Miami FC as well. San Antonio. It's a reschedule San, from San Antonio. Oh, San Antonio. Okay, okay. Listen, man, if we can make it happen, let's make it happen. I'll have Love to it. check my schedule, of course. Yeah, busy man. He's got five games no, in a row coming up. Busy no, man. This, this month is busy. This month is busy, but we'll see. I, if not if not the 15th, we'll do it another time, but I'd love that. Love it. Boyd, really appreciate you coming on with us today. It was, it was fun for me uh, to, to catch up, and I'm sure for all of our fans to hear – not only do you still have the personality, but you're also giving it back to younger players, whether that's yeah. just communicating with, with players like you just talked about when you know you're going to go cover them, when you're 
when you're coaching different players as well. I think it's awesome that you're still involved with the game. Um, yeah. And listen, I'd put my money on you for a good solid 10 minutes off the bench. So if you're not officially retired, <laughs> you might be the guy that would be, hey, we need a goal late game. You still have it. As Connor said, that chop, always nasty to defend with. That chop, man. That, uh, that chop. I think I had a career in the game because of that chop. So, um, <laughs> but, yeah, running down that right wing, man, that was fun. I probably couldn't do it. Uh, ten minutes, I could probably give you ten minutes. <laughs> but thanks so much, man. It's been fun, man. I'll come back again anytime. This will, be, this will be something that, uh, Connor, we'll have to keep reaching out to some some former players because this was a ton of fun. Uh, thanks to you for putting this together. We'll be back on next week. Again, no game on the MLS side of things this weekend with the international break. Steve Jolly and I back on December 11th to call it on the radio side of things against D.C. United. That one should be uh, very emotional uh, on September 11th at Red Bull Arena. For all of us here on the New York Red Bull radio side of things, we thank Lloyd Sam, Matt Harmon saying so long. We'll catch you next time on Red Bull Weekly. Thank you.